Good morning, everyone. Uh, I love you all. If no one else has told you this week, let me be the first one to tell you. I love you. And uh, I mean it. You may say, you don't even know me, David. Doesn't matter. I love you. Seriously. I'll prove it. Take my car. I don't care. No, please don't take my car. Please. <laughs> please don't. It's paid off. I need it. Uh, but I do. Uh, there's not a day that passes that, that I'm not calling out the families and the, and the folks here at the gathering before the Lord and just uh, praying for the Lord to be with each and every one of you and uh, for him to have his way in your life and for you to grow in him and get to know him in a more intimate way and in a more incredible way. And that's what he's called us to do this year, uh, going into this year, is to seek his presence above and beyond anything else and let that be the foundation and the catapult for whatever he plans to do with you and in you and as you and through you this year. But uh, presence. And uh, we're, so we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. But first, we're, we're going we're gonna, to uh, hop in the middle of one of the Apostle Paul's rants. Paul was kind of fun. He'd, he'd kind of get irritated. And he'd, he'd mouth off in some of his letters, you know. Uh, the Apostle John, he was really sweet about it, man. He would just talk about love and all this stuff. Paul, he, just, he was a little raw at times. He'd get all fed up with people. And uh, that's all right. It happens. You know, we're all human. And uh, as spiritual as he was, he just, sometimes he's like, what are you guys doing, you know? And uh, so we're going we're gonna to hop into the, to the, uh, the book of 2 Corinthians, and, and we'll start reading here in a second, but we're going to read from 2 Corinthians 12 uh, the, uh, from the Passion Translation. But, uh, but, but let, me, let me give you a little bit of background of what he was dealing with. Uh, the, the church at Corinth was basically doing what we do in modern Christianity. Uh, they were getting wowed by some of these preachers that were coming in and putting them up on pedestals. And uh, so there were already mega preachers and superstar preachers that were taking place in the early church. Isn't that crazy? All these years later, 2,000 years later, and what do we do? We kind of turn you know, certain preachers into superstars and rock stars of the church. And um, Paul was pretty irritated about it because uh, these guys would come in and they would share their gifts, gifts that God had given them, abilities and talents that God had given them and had thrown it out there and, and wowed the people with it and then utilized it to, to make money off of, utilized it to get fame, utilized it to get notoriety and popularity and promotion and all that sort of thing. And, and Paul was like, really, you guys are going to be wowed by this? You know, if you go back and read chapter one, he's just kind of getting on to him. He's like, D he said, you know, I'm the one that showed up and helped plant the church for you guys. I'm the one that established you in Christ. And, and, you know, I'm receiving more revelation knowledge than all these guys, you know, God, I had the encounter with God where he knocked me off my steed, you know, and, and blinded me and, and, you know, converted me. I was beating all you guys up at one time. And I had such an incredible encounter with God that, that now all of a sudden I'm the one lifting you guys up and building you up. And he said, and, and these guys come in and brag about their abilities and you just, woo, you know, and he goes, I can brag, you know. He goes, but I don't brag. He started talking about, you know, I haven't sat there and told you about all the stuff I went through, all the beating I've gotten, all the times I was whipped and arrested for preaching the gospel to people like you. You know, look at these knots on my head. <laughs> you know, look at the scar on my arm. Look at that bruise on my back. Did I talk to you about that? No, I just came in and preached the gospel to you. I wasn't trying to make money. As a matter of fact, I didn't try to make money. Obviously, I got support from other churches, so I wouldn't even have to charge you. So he, he's going on and on about that, right? 
and, and talking about, you know, you want, you want to boast? Hey, let me boast in how much I got beat up, you know? Hey, I'll brag for you. And then, so we're going to pick up in that. He's still kind of sarcastically going on about this boasting. But in, in, in his reprimand to them, he reveals something incredible about the presence of God and a doorway to the presence of God. You remember last week we talked about one way to get into God's presence is through stillness, just stilling yourself. The Bible said meditate on your bed. In other words, just think and ponder in a restful place and know, be still and know that I am God. We talked about how, how presence, the presence of God exists in between the thoughts, that there's a space in between thoughts. And if you can just focus on that space and quiet yourself, you can start encountering the presence of God. Well, here's another doorway we're going to talk about this week that Paul reveals, right? So he's going on about, oh, you want to hear some boasting? Hey, I'll give you some boasting. I got beat up. I got thrown out. I've, I've lost money, all that stuff. And I still love you guys. And I still preach the gospel to you guys. And then he goes on. He starts, he's still going on about it. He says, although it may not accomplish a thing, I need to move on and boast about supernatural visions and revelations of the Lord. He said, fine, I'm going to stop boasting about how much I got beat up. And now that I'm boasting and it's not going to do a thing, but we're, we're going to boast about just how supernatural and, and how much revelation I get and how much woo, the Holy Spirit moves in me, you know, he's being, he's being a little irritated here. He says, someone I'm acquainted with who is in union with Christ, was swept away 14 years ago in an ecstatic experience. He was taken away into the third heaven, but I'm not sure if he was in his body or out of his body. Only God knows. And I know that this man, again, I'm not sure if he was still in his body or taken out of his body. Only God knows. Now, now what is he talking about here? He's talking about 14 years ago. I, I knew of a guy who actually had a near-death experience. Now, it's kind of ironic that we're reading about this because here in two weeks, uh, Austin Cole is going to share his testimony of his near-death experience and how it has impacted his life and his family's life and, and, and what the Lord is doing for him. Now, he says, he says now, I, that, you know, I know that this man was caught up in an ecstatic experience and brought into paradise. So he was taken up into heaven where he overheard many wondrous and inexpressible secrets that were so sacred that no mortal is permitted to repeat them. So he's like, man, this guy saw some things, heard some things that you just can't even describe in this realm, you know, and, and that, it, that it wouldn't even be proper for mortals and flesh to hear such heavenly stuff. And, and the reason why he's talking about this is because the, 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 the church at Corinth were, was just so ecstatic and would just get so wowed about all this stuff, right? So Paul's like, hey, well, I'm ready to boast of such an experience. So in other words, he's like, hey, guess what, guys? I've had that happen to me. I'm ready to boast about it. But for my own good, I refuse to boast unless it concerns my weakness. He says, look, I could boast. You, know, you guys would be wowed about that, but I could boast about that, but I'm not going to. Because I don't want you to get the wrong impression. Now, is this saying that Austin doesn't need? No, Austin's not boasting in himself. Trust me, by the time you're done hearing Austin's story, you're going to realize just how powerful and awesome God is. So what Paul is trying to get across here is you guys are so wowed by everyone's testimony that rather than worshiping the God that caused the testimony, you're starting to put the, the person of the testimony up on a pedestal. So he, he's still going on about that. He says, I'm ready to boast of such an experience 
but for my own good, I refuse to boast unless it concerns my weakness. So he's given a hint. He goes, I'm only, if I'm going to boast about something, it's just going to be my weakness. However, if I, were, if I were to boast, it wouldn't be ridiculous at all, for I would be speaking the truth. I could talk about all the stuff I've done, and, it would, and I'd be speaking the truth, but I'm not going to do it. Yet I will refrain, lest others think higher of me than what I demonstrate with my life and teaching. The extraordinary level of the revelations I've received is no reason for anyone to exalt me. He's like, look, everything that God is using me for is no reason to put me on a pedestal. I'm just the tool. I'm just the messenger. He's the God that needs to be worshipped. That's what he's trying to get across. For this is why a thorn in my flesh was given to me, the adversary's messenger sent to harass me, keeping me from becoming arrogant. So, so Paul was given some kind of irritant in his life that he felt ultimately was to keep him humble to keep him grounded, to keep his head on straight. You know, he, he described it as a thorn in the flesh. It was just something that kept irritating him. It, it, if he bumped it in life, it just, oh, it'd flare up again, right? And he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this. I asked God three times, could you take this away from me? Man, we do that, don't we? As soon as we have an issue and problem in life, we're like, Lord, could you do something about this, right? And this is what God, how God responded. But he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. Think about my power, my presence, my glory. My presence finds its full expression through your weakness. So Paul goes on to say, so I'm going to celebrate my weakness. For when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel weak, for I, for when I feel my weakness and endure my my uh, endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. I want everyone to think about that. Everything that exists in God's power, His presence, His glory, His eminence. It becomes, your weakness becomes a portal, a doorway to that. That's why I want to talk about us today. Presence, weakness is a door. There's a door in your life that will open up so much presence of God for you. And it's found right in the middle of your weaknesses. Right in the middle where you fall short. Now when we talk about the glory of God or the presence of God, uh, we learned last week that there's two Hebrew words for presence. The first one is pene. It means face. So when we talk about seek the presence of God, metaphorically, we can say that we're seeking the face of God. Uh, the, Psalm, the book of Psalms says, uh, in your presence or in your face is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. We always seek the hands of God because we want to seek his pleasures. We want to seek his blessings. We want to seek his provision. He's asking us this year, would you seek my face? Would you seek my presence? Why? Because there's fullness of joy in it. I want intimacy. I want to be close to you. I want to know you. The word know in biblical terms is a very intimate term, right? Adam, the Bible says, Adam knew his wife Eve, and, they, and Eve bore a son. In other words, there was an intimacy that took place. So he says, I want to know you. 
uh, Paul said, I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his uh, resurrection. In other words, I want to feel everything that God feels. I want to sense everything that he senses. I want to know what it, I, I want to recognize his touch, his whisper, his thoughts. I want to know him intimately. And that's what the Lord is calling us to do about his presence this year. If you'll seek my presence, seek my face, seek intimacy, you're going to get my hand, he says. You're going to get all the pleasures forevermore. All of that comes with my presence. But don't worry about my provision. It's there for you. But seek to know me. Seek to understand my presence. This presence of the living God that we serve and that we worship is not a presence that ever changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's, it's a presence that exists everywhere. The Bible says, in him we live, move, breathe, and have our being, our state of being. The very fact that you exist means that you exist in his presence. Everything about this terrestrial world takes place within his presence. So there's a lot of horrible things that are taking place. We can get, in, we can get into that. It would take a lot of weeks. <laughs> but I'm telling you, God is in control because we are in his presence presence we don't have to summon his presence into our present into our now yet his presence is summoning us to be in the now in other words his presence is always here his presence is always at work his presence is always working on our behalf we just need to get in tune with it we just need to get to a place to where we can acknowledge it to where we can sense it to where we are aware of what his presence is doing beyond that we we learned last week that the holy spirit the kingdom of heaven or the presence of God is not about rules and regulations, but it's about uh, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we decided, where is the Holy Spirit existing? In us. So the presence of God is not just outwardly. It's not outward, but it's also inside of us. You become a walking container of the presence of God. If you are a believer in Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit, you become a walking container of the very presence of God this, this incredible life-giving presence that, that, that we exist in. We don't just exist in it. Now it exists in us. Jesus, talking of the Holy Spirit, says he is with you, but he will be in you. And on the day of Pentecost, that's when that big, that big jump took place, where the Holy Spirit now decides, hey, I'm not just going to walk with you. I'm going to walk in you. I, I will possess you. I will become part of you, part of your psyche, part of your thoughts, part of your purpose, part of who you are when you, when you come to the Lord. This, this presence of God is not only with us, but, it, but it's in us. It, there's fullness of joy. In this presence, there is no lack. The Bible talks about our faith lacking nothing. In, this presence, in his presence, there is no lack. There is no limitation. All things are possible with God, the Bible says. We need to stop putting our human limitations on God, our, our finite conditions on him. Someone says, well, I prayed, and he never answered it. Do you realize when you pray, you drop your prayer in an infinite sea of possibility, which is his presence? That means that he, there's an infinite amount of ways that he can answer your prayers. And so he, he, I guarantee you, every prayer you've ever prayed has been answered. They may have just not been answered in a way you expected it to be answered. And so you didn't recognize the answer. But I guarantee you it was answered in the appropriate way that his presence determined was the best way for you. There is no lack. There is no limitation. There is always enough. The Bible says that my grace is sufficient. I've got enough grace for you. 
I got enough grace for you to make it through. I got enough grace for you to succeed. I got enough grace for you to survive this trial. So there is always, there's never lack limitation. There's always enough in this present. Yet, even though we contain this incredible presence in us that has no lack, has no limitation, that is always enough, that there's fullness of joy in, uh, that, that is the propeller for the kingdom of God. It's, it's, the Bible says it empowers us. You shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto Jerusalem and Samaria and to the greater parts of the world. In other words, uh, it empowers you to be a witness or to bear witness as to what Christ has done in you and the transformation that he's done in you. Uh, it empowers you not only in your Jerusalem, your home, and your Samaria, your greater neighborhood, but to the uttermost parts of the world, to anywhere you go in the world, you are empowered to do what God has called you to do via this presence, this Holy Spirit of God that is alive and well in you. And despite all of that, we still struggle with weaknesses, don't we? We still have trials. We still have rough situations. We still experience what we conceive to be, perceived to be limitations. And, and that's, it's really because we are spiritual beings having this mortal, finite, fleshy encounter. Oftentimes we see ourselves as flesh trying to have a spiritual encounter. No, you're, you're an eternal being that came from God. And you're having a temporary mortal encounter. And sometimes this flesh, this, this, this egoic nature of ours, forgets who we really are. And so we have weaknesses we have things that we struggle with and all of our struggles are unique unto ourselves some of us here struggle with anxiety some of us struggle with anger some of us struggle with self-doubt some of us struggle with uh, maybe lack of concentration lack of uh, organization whatever your weakness your struggle is don't let it defeat you today don't let the enemy try to convince you that you're not good enough that you're not worthy enough, that you're not spiritual enough, that you're falling short of anything. Why? Because Paul gave us this incredible, incredible secret to experiencing the presence of God. And that's acknowledging your weakness. You got to acknowledge, he said, he said, look, I'm not going to be defeated in my weakness. I'm actually going to rejoice in my weakness. I'm going to get excited about my weakness. Why would you get excited about one of your issues. Why are you going to get excited about, you know, what are the places that you struggle the most in? You know, get excited about your strengths. Get excited about the things that you can succeed in, not the things that you failed in. No, he says, I'm going to get excited about those things. Why? Because in those areas, that's where I encounter the presence of God the most. Because where I am weak, his presence is strongest. Why? Because the presence of God always fills up the void. Anytime there's a gap in your life and you, you permit it, the presence of God will fill that void up. It's just like water, which the presence of God, the Spirit of God, is always compared to water. You know, Jesus even said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. He told the lady at the well, he said, look, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for water, and the water I give, you'd never thirst again. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, what is it about water? Water always goes to the lowest elevation. It's always drawn to the lowest denominator in your life. 
when, when, when we had the monsoon the other night that blew through here, if you, if you walked outside any and through the, through the street lights, if you could see the water running off, which direction was it going? Right back this way. Why? Because we got a big, huge ditch out here called a Lake Viridian. And that's where all the water was heading down that way. Why? Because that's the lowest elevation in the whole community. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Where you feel the lowest, where you feel the weakest, where you feel the least qualified, his presence, his power, his spirit is going to go right there. There's a, I guarantee you there's a whole lot more water in that lake than what's pooled up outside of my townhouse right now. Why? Because that's the greatest, de- uh, the, the greatest ditch, <laughs> the greatest lowest point in the community. That's how the presence of God works. Where I am weak, I can be strong. The, uh, the book of Joel says this. Joel was prophesying, chapter 3, verse 10. He says, beat your plowshares into a sword and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Look at the metaphor that he's doing. He was talking about the liberation of Israel. And he's saying all these utensils that would be uh, utensils of, of labor and slavery and servanthood, plows, pruning hooks. No, no, you're going to beat them into swords and spears. In other words, the very thing that used to bind you, the very thing that used to keep you down, will now become something that is strong and a tool of liberation and a tool of victory and, and a tool of, of uh, freedom for you. So in other words, your, your weaknesses can now become the, the strongest area of, of your life. Say, you mean I'm going to get good at this? I'm just saying you're going to encounter an incredible amount of God in those areas if you permit it. So that now the weak can say, I am strong. And it's really important to go ahead and say it. Why? Because the quickest way to bring on earth what is being done in heaven, in that part of the prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, in the heavenlies, what is the spirit, the presence of God trying to say? You are strong. You are complete in me. You are whole in me. You are perfected in me. You are loving in me. You are harmonious in me. You are happy in me. You are full of joy in me. If you can get a hold of that in your weakness and begin to speak whatever it is God is saying about your weakness. Say, well, I can't get along with my boss. I don't know what it is. I just can't get along with my boss. Well, if that's your weakness, start declaring what the presence of God is saying. I have a lot of room and opportunity to grow as a person to learn to communicate with my boss. As simple as that is, find that little cord Find that crack in the doorway and start speaking it out. Why? Because if you speak it out, you manifest on earth what has taken place in heaven. That's the quickest way of doing it. So speak it out. Let your weakness declare that you are strong. If you're struggling with health, start declaring your your healing. If, If you're struggling with doubt, start declaring your faith. If you're struggling with finances, Start declaring your blessings. Why? Because you're moving your, yourself from focusing on your weakness. It's okay to identify your weakness, but you don't need to identify with your weakness. Why? Because you're needing to identify with the presence of God. So identify your weakness and just realize this is a doorway 
And if I can identify with the presence of God in my weakness, you will begin to encounter the presence of God and learn more things about God and how he is applying things to your life than you've ever learned before. I had a friend of mine who, who battled Lyme disease for a number of years, and the Lord, the Lord eventually healed her. But she went through almost a decade of excruciating pain to the point that she thought she was losing her mind and, and would just, at times, would just, just lay in bed and, and almost wail because she was in so much pain. And there were, during the time period, that, that, that decade of her life, she would cry out to the Lord. And a lot of people would sit there and say, Lord, you're being cruel because you're not healing her. And yet on this side of it, she actually, oddly enough, will actually tell you, I almost missed those days because I felt the presence of God stronger than, than I've ever felt him. And he talked to me in a greater way during those times. But what was happening? In her weakness, she was crying out to God. And she experienced the greatest amount of God that she's ever experienced. Now, the Lord knows how much we can take, and he's not going to torture us. But everything has a purpose, and he'll work all things together for good. And so even in your weakness, he can show up, and he can be greater than ever. Let the weak, it says, this is identifying your situation. So identify it, but don't identify with it. Let the weak say, you need to speak it out. You need to manifest the thoughts that the Lord is giving you into physical word. Let the weak say, I am strong. You know, this, if you go back and look at the old you know, medieval art of alchemy, which has all kind of metaphorical terms and stuff, but it, at, at its core it was... They were trying to turn lead into gold, basically. And which, you know, if you really kind of study that, there's a lot of protons that you have to remove from, red, from lead in order to make it match gold. And that takes a lot of energy and a lot of power. So back in the medieval times, there was not enough energy around. Ironically, it was actually done back in the 1970s uh, in, a, in a Soviet uh, nuclear reactor. Uh, when they went in, they, they were kind of trying to clean it out. And because of all the... A nuclear reaction and, and energy that had been released, uh, the lead protective lining on some of the walls had actually turned to gold. <laughs> so, so those protons were actually removed enough. So, you know, ultimately, I guess you need some nuclear power to uh, bring about alchemy. But, but one of the things that they would say is if you could find a trace of gold, you would concentrate on that. If you had lead and you had a trace of gold with that lead, you would concentrate on that. And start trying to replicate that gold throughout the rest of the lead. And, and that's really what God is trying to do here in a, in a form of spiritual alchemy. He's trying to take your situation and give you just a trace of spirit, a trace of presence. And if you can focus your attention on that trace, I am weak, I feel weak, but I am really strong. I'm having this issue, but I'm really victorious. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I trust the leading of the Lord. If you can just focus just a little bit on that presence, it's going to start cracking that door open wider and wider until you're going to experience a flood of presence, a flood of power. That's why Paul said, man, I'm really excited about my weaknesses, and I'll brag all day long about my weaknesses because none of this is about me. It's all about him, and I experienced the greatest amount of him 
when I deal with my weaknesses. Let's all stand. This week, that's what I want you to do. That's your homework for this week. Uh, last week, I, I challenged you to take anywhere from 5, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes every day to sit, sit still, and just sit in his presence and try to, try to focus on the space between your thoughts. This week, what I challenge you to do, I hope, I hope you continue that practice. Uh, it came in quite handy for me this week. I needed those times of just sitting in his presence with some of the things that I dealt with. But uh, this week, what I want you to do, I want you to start identifying your, identifying your weaknesses, but don't identify with it. Just identify it. And then just start asking God, what does your presence say about this situation? What does your presence say about my weakness? Because my weakness isn't truth, your truth. Jesus said, talking of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, he said, look, when, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's, he's going to only speak what he hears the Father say. So if the Holy Spirit, if the presence of God is speaking to you, it's coming straight from the throne of God. You know exactly what the mind and heart of God is about you. So look in his word as to what the Lord is saying to you. Hear his heart during your, your prayer and meditation time as to what his mindset is for you. And let that determine how you're going to deal with your weaknesses this week. Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is life. Your word is truth. Your word is freedom. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just take this word and apply it individually to every heart according to every need. Let there be liberation in our life. Let there be freedom. Let there be hope. Let there be joy. Even, even peace, peace that passes all understanding, let it manifest in our life this week. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen.